Hello and welcome to Back of the Card Sports Trivia Pod, a podcast where you can test your sports trivia knowledge over a variety of sports and topics. My name is Court and I will be your host. Our game will consist of five rounds of six questions covering everything from your basic sports to some unknown sports. Each question is worth one point unless otherwise noted. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok and let us know what your score is. The first full week of college football is underway. The season is good to go. We have NFL starting this week. We have made it, ladies and gentlemen. We have gotten to the best part of the year. So naturally, we're going to start with the with the event that everyone is talking about, the U.S. Open. So good luck, everyone. So the U.S. Open is currently in the round of 16, and it is just jam-packed of fun and celebrities, and it's just been a lot of fun to be able to watch the U.S. Open so far. So we're going to talk about some of the history, some of the facts about the U.S. Open, and talk about how Novak Djokovic hopefully will regain that number one position. So let's start with question number one. In what city is the U.S. Open tennis tournament held? Question number two. Which surface is used for the courts at the U.S. Open? Question number three. Name two of the three main venues within the USTA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center where the U.S. Open is being held. Question number four. Within two, What year did the U.S. Open start allowing professionals to compete alongside amateurs? Question number five. Who won last year's U.S. Open and is this year's men's number one singles player? And question number six. The first U.S. Open was held in 1881. What venue hosted the first U.S. Open? All right, I'm going to give you a few seconds worth of music, and then I will return with those answers. All right, let's get you some answers here on the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament. So question number one. In which city is the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament being held? Well, it is held each year in Flushing Meadows, which is part of uh, Corona Park, which is in Queens, which is in New York City. So if you had said any of that, even if you just said New York City, you get the point there on that one. Question number two, what surface is used on the courts for the U.S. Open? Well, that is a hard court made of deco turf. Hard court is more than enough as well on that one. Question three, name two of the three main venues within the USTA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center where the U.S. Open is being played. Well, there are three of them. We just had to name two of the three of them. The main one is Arthur Ashe Stadium. That's their main court that they play on. The one next to it is the Louis Armstrong Stadium. And then you have just the general grandstand. So if you had named two out of those three, you get the point. Question number four, within two years, what year did the U.S. Open start allowing professionals to compete alongside amateurs? That was in 1968. So in order to get the point there, you would have to say between 1966 and 1970. But in 1968, the U.S. Open became an official open tournament, and that is what allows professionals to compete with amateurs. And that's how you can see some amateurs make a good little run at this tournament. 
Question number five now. Who was last year's U.S. Open champion and this year's men's number one singles player? Well, that is Carlos Alcaraz, and he is just cruising right now. I think we are dead set for a really good match whenever he plays Novak Djokovic. It's going to be a good one. Novak Djokovic obviously couldn't play in this tournament for the last few years, so to see him back there is a really good thing as well. Last but not least, question number six. The first U.S. Open was held in 1881. What venue hosted the first U.S. Open? Well, that was Newport Casino in Newport, Rhode Island. Now, that is also the current location of the International Tennis Hall of Fame. It was there for about 20 years before it got moved, but... The original location for the U.S. Open was in Newport, Rhode Island. I feel like New York City is a better venue for it. Just There's more space, more things to do. So I feel like having at least the International Tennis Hall of Fame in Newport, Rhode Island is a good homage to the U.S. Open. All right, let's move in now to round number two, and this is our quick hitters round. This round is filled with some questions that are quick hitters and have simple answers. Today's category is college football stadiums. For today's game, I'm going to name a college football stadium, and all you have to do is name the school that plays their regular home games there. For example, if I were to say Ohio Stadium, you would say the Ohio State University. So let's get started with question number one. The Big House. Question number two. Beaver Stadium. Question number three. Husky Stadium. Question number four, Memorial Stadium. Question number five, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. And question number six, Samford Stadium. Some of these venues were on full display this weekend. Some of them we will certainly see throughout the year. And some of these might have some nicknames that you will go, I don't know that name. And then as soon as I say the nickname, you're going to be like, oh, yeah. So, I mean, and technically, question number one, the big house is actually better. Its official name is Michigan Stadium, but it's better known as the big house. Well, if again, the other name is Michigan Stadium. So obviously, it is the University of Michigan. Question number two, Beaver Stadium. That is Penn State University. That is one of the newer stadiums in the Big Ten, and it is loud. Question number three, Husky Stadium, that is the University of Washington. Question number four, we asked for Memorial Stadium. Technically, there, there are two answers. You have the University of Nebraska and or the University of Oklahoma. So again, if you got either one of those um, correct there on that one, if you said Nebraska, if you said Oklahoma, either one, you get the point there. Question number five, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. If you're like, I don't know that one. If I had said the Swamp, you probably would have said, oh, the University of Florida, and you would have been right on that one. And then last but not least, Samford Stadium. That is the University of Georgia. Like I said, some we've already seen filled to capacity, and we've already seen two stadiums have the fans come running out on the field. Thank you, Duke, for taking down Clemson as just you know one example. So plenty more to come and a lot of fun to come in this upcoming college football year. But let's continue into round number three, and that is connections that make contact. This round will have five questions that may or may not be sports-related, but the answers do relate to each other in some way through sports. The sixth question will be the connection between the five answers. So let's get started with question number one. 
along with West Virginia, who makes up the other half of the Backyard Brawl. Question number two. What school is known for their women's basketball program and success with head coach Gino Ariema? Question number three. Who was the 11th member of the Big Ten? Question number four. At what university would you hear about the four horsemen that played football? Question number five. What team won three straight national championships in football in 1944, 1945, and 1946? And question number six is what is the connection between those answers? I'm going to give you a little bit of music and then I will return with the answers. All right, let's see if we can make some contact. So question number one, along with West Virginia, who makes up the other half of the backyard brawl? Well, that is the University of Pittsburgh. Question number two, what school is known for their women's basketball program and success with head coach Gino Ariema? Well, that is UConn. Question number three, who was the 11th member of the Big Ten? It was an answer to the last question as well. Penn State University is the answer there. Question number four, at what university would you hear about the four horsemen who played football? That would be the University of Notre Dame or Notre Dame, whichever you prefer. Question number five, what team won three straight national championships in football in 1944, 1945, and 1946? Well, that is, of course, the Army. So you had answers such as University of Pittsburgh, UConn, Penn State, University of Notre Dame, and the Army. Well, those are all currently or have been recently schools who were independent when it came to college football. Obviously, we still have some independent teams that are out there. We're going to talk about them in the next category. But as time has come and gone and conferences have come and gone, and especially now with conference realignment and all that sort of stuff, there have been a good amount of independent schools that have played football. Now, some of them, a lot of them, have not been independent for all the sports. They've usually joined a conference for another sport. But for football specifically, there are quite a list of schools that either were or currently are independent. And that's what we're going to use for round number four. Now that the college football season is underway and there are already some big shakeups, this season promises to be another fantastic year. Today we're going to talk about some of the teams that are right now independent of a conference. Again, I foresee some changes coming in the near future and some of these schools being forced to join a conference. But right now, as of this recording, they are currently independent. So all these questions, you got to think about what schools are independent in college football right now and hopefully some of these questions will help you to figure out some of them so here's question number one who is the legendary coach known for leading notre dame football to numerous championships question number two within three when was the umass football program established question number three who does Army play every year in one of the biggest rivalry games each season?
Question number four. Within three, how many wins does UMass have since reinstating the program in 2012? Question number five. What ESPN analyst holds the record for most passing yards in a career and a season while playing at UConn? And question number six, within two, how many national championships has Notre Dame football won? All right, I'm going to give you a few seconds worth of music, try to come up with those answers, and then I will return. All right, let's get you some answers here on some independent football teams. So question number one, who is the legendary coach known for leading Notre Dame to numerous football championships? That is, of course, Newt Rockney. He coached there from 1918 to 1930, led him to a ton of national championships. He was also the head coach of the Four Horsemen, as mentioned in the last question. Question number two, within three, when was the UMass football program established? They were established in 1879, so they are one of the oldest football programs. As mentioned in a later question, they did end their program for a little bit and then pick it back up, and we'll talk more about them here in a little bit. Question number three, who does Army play every year as one of the in one of the biggest rivalry games each season? That is Navy. You either hear go Army, beat Navy, or go Navy, beat Army. Regardless of where you fall, it's a fun game to be able to watch. A lot of tradition, a lot of pomp, circumstances, and I love it. Question number four, within three, how many wins does UMass have since reinstating the program in 2012? They have a grand total of 22 wins since 2012. So in order to get the points there, you would have said between 19 and 25. They're a program that's still trying to rebuild, still trying to establish themselves. Give them a little bit more time. They're getting it all figured out. Question number five, what ESPN analyst holds the record for most passing yards in a career and a season while playing at UConn? That is Dan Orlovsky. Known better now as an analyst, I will always forever remember him as the guy who, while playing with the Lions, ran out of the back of the end zone. And hate to say it, Dan, that's just what you're always going to be in my eyes, despite the fact that you are a great analyst. And then question number six, within two, how many national championships has Notre Dame won in football? They have won 13. So in order to get the points there, you would have said between 11 and 15. Has it been a while? Yes. Yes, it has. But technically, they have won a total of 13 national championships. All right, let's move on now to our final round. And this final round is on the AFC West. For the final round, we are going to continue our series that will lead us into the start of the NFL season. Each week, we'll cover a different conference. Today's conference is the AFC West. Was this perfectly planned? To be able to line up with when the first games of the NFL season will play? Yes. Yes, it was. We're going to go with that for right now. Just timing everything else like that. So let's wrap up this series on the AFC West. So question number one. The Denver Broncos have won three Super Bowls. Name one of the two quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl while playing with the Denver Broncos. Question number two. What AFC West team recently moved to Las Vegas? Question number three. What AFC West team is playing the Detroit Lions this Thursday to kick off the NFL season? 
Question number four. Within two years, when did the Chargers move from San Diego back to Los Angeles? Question number five. What AFC West team was founded in the 1960s as the Dallas Texans? And question number six. In what decade did the Broncos defense earn the nickname Orange Crush Defense? All right, I'm going to give you a few seconds worth of music and then we will wrap up today's game. All right, let's wrap up today's game and let's get you super excited for this upcoming week one of the NFL season. So question number one, the Denver Broncos have won three Super Bowls. Name one of the two quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl with the Broncos. You just had to name one of these two guys, either John Elway or Peyton Manning. Either one of those guys would have gotten you the point. Question number two, what AFC West team recently moved to Las Vegas? That would be the Raiders. Their continued pilgrimage around the West continues, and right now they're in Vegas. For how long? Your guess is as good as mine. Question three, what AFC West team is playing the Detroit Lions this Thursday to kick off the NFL season? That is the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, I'm I'm a Lions fan, always will be. I will continue to support the Lions no matter what. Yes, I am nervous. To answer your question, I am nervous about this game. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. You don't get nervous playing the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a problem. Question number four, within two years, when did the Chargers move from San Diego back to Los Angeles? If you don't know the story, they, they were originally in Las Vegas, in Los Angeles. They were there for a year, and then they moved to San Diego, and they were there until 2017. So in order to get the points there, you would have had to stay between 2015 and 2019. Question number five, what AFC West team was founded in 1960 as the Dallas Texans? That would be the Kansas City Chiefs. And then question number six, last but not least, in what decade did the Broncos defense earn their nickname the Orange Crush defense? Well, that would be the 1970s. So they earned that nickname because they had a dominant defense. So they got the nickname the Orange Crush. The defense featured players such as Randy Gracier. I'm probably not saying that name right, and Tom Jackson. That helped them to go and lead them to the Super Bowl in 1978. Now, obviously, they did not win that Super Bowl. See the first question in this um, series of questions here, but they were a dominant defense and definitely, definitely were the teams that gave the Steelers the most run coming out of the AFC, AFC that year. Well, I want to thank you for tuning in this week. I will return next Tuesday with more questions and more fun. Make sure you're following us on Apple and make sure you select to follow when they, you select to automatically download as well. If Apple isn't your thing, make sure you subscribe everywhere else. Please leave a five-star review wherever you can and follow us on social media at Back of the Card Trivia on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Hey, and as a reminder, take your Thursday night players out of the flex position in your fantasy leagues this week. It'll help you in the long run. Well, hey, my name's Court. The dog's name is Milo. I appreciate you tuning in this week. I will return next week. Have a great rest of the day, and I'll see you next time.